All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. See, si, senor, I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right, welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. And Brian Chesko. Scott is not with us tonight. Uh, this is kind of brutal. This is the first time this has happened to us, really. I mean, not that we haven't just the two of us recorded, or Scott and I, but... Like, we're all in the same town, and, like, no one's sick, and it's a circumstances that got us tonight, which is unfortunate. But in that process, Scott said, hey, uh, I will sit this one out, and because of that, Brian, this is, this is it. It's me and you tonight, and I feel like we're going to have a fully loaded show. If you don't like it, what you hear tonight, then turn off whatever your listening device is. <laughs> Just don't even... Don't even go ahead from this moment on. For sure. There's, there's no doubt about it. I, and, but, Brian, before we get started talking about important things, can I voice some frustration real quick? Sure can. So, for whatever reason, this game's been around for a long time. Um, on the Nintendo Switch, uh, the game Smash Brothers. Yeah, man. And I'm sure... Look, of course, it didn't start on the Nintendo Switch. It started long, long ago. Sure. When you and I were probably in... Just starting college. Sixty was it on the sixty four? Yeah, it was on okay. Nintendo sixty four is where it started. Okay, so then and then it went to the Wii. Was mm-hmm. it? Did it make it to the Wii? Or did it? Was it? It was on GameCube. It was, there so was also a GameCube. GameCube, yeah. Wii, Switch. Yeah. The maturation of of Smash Brothers. Yeah. And now it's at a pinnacle form currently until they come out with a new Switch or whatever their gaming system is next. All that being said, through all those transitions. I never played much Smash Brothers. Kids wanted to get it, and we've had the game for probably over a year. Mm-hmm, Just never mm-hmm. played it much. Kids didn't even play. They played a little bit. Didn't play the whole lot. They played it a fair amount here. Correct. At my and house. For whatever reason, there's been a renaissance okay. of Smash Brothers in my house, and I picked up the controller. Now, I'm an OG gamer. Mm-hmm. I'm a first-generation gamer. Right. I played Street Fighter in the arcade. Yeah. I played... Double Dragon in yeah. the arcade. Yeah. Okay, so bring it on. I got some street cred when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. When it comes to playing Street Fighter on the on the, um, on the gaming systems and or whatever Mortal Kombat, like I'm no stranger to yeah. third person. Is it third person? Third person fighters yes. or two D two D fighting. Anyways, Brian, I'm used to playing with timing and blocking. Combos, all these different things. Sure. I start playing with the kids, and all of a sudden, I got some root coming out of the ground and grabbing <laughs> me out of nowhere and like spiking me. And then, like, a fly swatter shows up and is like smacking me like off the map, and I'm like losing lives. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, those things will get you. Or I'll just get knocked off and I'll fall off a map and I die. Like, I'm dying, and the kids are just laughing at me. I'm like the laughing stock of the house. Mm-hmm. And I, so, anyways, I've 
like stayed up a few nights like playing because I'm like this yeah. is ridiculous. Like you I can't let gonna... them. You can't let them. No. do they can't let them boss you around like Those that. Stupid punk kids. Uh-huh. Can't let that happen. I got a 14, 12, and ten year old. Um, two of them girls, and not that that matters, but I love girl gamers. Girl, there was no girl gamers when I was growing up. Now tons of girl gamers. Love it. Mm-hmm. So even my girls, even like my my ten year, my twelve year old, uh, the other night's like, Dad, I just kind of feel bad for you. <laughs> okay. I mean, and she there's meant nothing, it. Yeah, there's it nothing, wasn't even trash talk. Yeah, there's she nothing, meant there's it, nothing, which is actually ultimate trash talk. You, yeah, you can't get pitied by your children for gaming. That's not no good. So I've been committing to getting better. And what they do, and I and I told my son this the other night when I lost like twenty straight matches to him in a row. I'm like, if you don't pick up a character, you can't beat me. And he didn't pick up a character the next match, and and he lost. He lost, and he didn't. But it took me like they are better at like whatever for whatever reason. And I'm trying to get better at it, at finding the pokeballs, and yeah. and the extra little weapons and the extra players. And then when you see the power ball bouncing around, Brian, to get that and then and yes, do the power that's kill. An import, that is an important one. It's tricky to get that. Um, or the ultimate is the Donkey Kong hammer. Yes. Like the one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yes, Donkey for sure. Kong if you can get the falls, hammer, yeah, you're good. Like you're in everyone good shape. goes flying. So yeah. all I'm saying is I'm still on the up. I am not I have not made it yet. I I like I'm, I'm, I am winning some matches. Like I found some characters that I'm, I'm decent with, and I'm sticking with those and just learning it. And I'm, anyways, it's just ridiculous. Well, Smash Brothers, and I've been getting smashed by my kids, and it's, it's fu- infuriating. Uh, I, you can clip this and use it as its own clip in some way, but I really, really hope you beat your children. Just beat uh, them, beat them senseless. Thank you. I, well, I plan on it. I plan. On it. All right, now, now that we're through that. Brian, I know we have some things to talk about. Let's just jump right in. There's only three weeks left before the World Cup break. Right. We'll talk about what happened in game week 13, but let's let's kind of use the remaining three matches and the schedules. You know, let's let's kind of think uh, through things as it on happened that. on the remaining schedules of okay. the Premier League clubs. No, I think that's smart. Is your team still in first place? Arsenal? Yes. As of this moment, and again, every week I say it, they're hanging on by thread, they technically are ahead of City by two points. Okay. So City, City chopped the, and chopped they the both, lead a little they bit. They both played 11 games. Yep. They did. They they did do a little bit of chopping there. But, uh, so are we, you want to start with Arsenal? Well, I want to start with Arsenal mostly because they there was hardly a, I mean, there, there was one hotter commodity in the, in the game week. Other than Phil Foden, I'd say it was Bukayo Saka. Right, was one of the right, top was one sure. of the top transfers top coming into the last week. Yes. Uh, Martinelli was went up in price again. Uh, I'm sure Saliba went up in price. Uh, ben White came into my wild card team this week. He was a no brainer ad for me, and I was really close to adding uh, to to making to selling Martinelli to make or to to bring in Ramsdale to make Ramsdale right. my goalkeeper. Right. Looking at not yeah. only the match against Southampton here, but home to Nottingham Forest this week. Yeah. At Chelsea, you know, it's whatever. And then home to Wolves. Right. So looking at that, like three of those four, looking at those is extremely useful. I would have said likely clean sheet matchups, which is why, you know, Ben White was a was a lock for my team. And this week, 
he bails me out because of the assist to Xhaka. Right. Crazy, crazy week. Uh, kind of all around the board. It, it just These results, Newcastle 2, Spurs 1. At Spurs. You never see that coming. Leicester 4, well, Wolves 0. I did. Like, I predicted. You did predict. Okay. <laughs> Kudos to you, NBC Predictor app. Brian had Newcastle 2, Spurs 1. I did. Southampton 1, Arsenal 1. No, that's what I'm saying. Who, like, ha- who had that? Villa what? 4, Brentford yeah, that's 0. A, that's, a terrible, that's a terrible result. But for Arsenal, did I mean, was this just them... Sluggish. What? What was the? I mean, you watched this. I did not. Was this lame Arsenal or was this like spirited, like return to like old style the Southampton first, home home, uh, beaten up and, and like taking it to a big boy. The the first twenty minutes was Arsenal's like best twenty minutes. They missed some chances. I mean, in the first minute they had a shot on goal, so like they were. 50 seconds. I think fifty at the 52nd mark, they had a shot on goal or they were pressing it and or attacking towards the goal. First 20 minutes, they did get their goal the first 20 minutes. And I don't know if, if, if the foot came off the pedal a little bit or what it was, but they allowed Southampton to start creeping back in the match. And through that, it just Southampton just kind of kept building and building. Now, Arsenal had chances. But they they didn't they didn't stomp on any throats and they've yeah. only scored in their last year and these this is including the Europa matches I'm pretty sure about this the last like five or six matches they've only scored one goal yeah they haven't been lighting the world on fire so that I'm not concerned and I think they're trying to get it figured out too it could just be a hey we're a little bit out of juice yeah a lot of the same guys have been starting it could just it could just be just a normal little ebb and flow and. Maybe they got to learn to be a little bit mentally tougher. I don't think you, you go away from them. The matchups are still too good. Well, it's just gonna, disappointing. That's what I was gonna say. Because for me, the you know, I've I've been I've been wanting to do it for a lot of the for weeks and weeks now is to move on from Andreas Pereira, and I wasn't necessarily like I wasn't eager to do that for just anybody. It's not like I was dumping him for somebody that was a little cheaper just to earn like a tenth on him or whatever, like to go down to someone that was like 4-4 four, four or whatever, just to dead end the spot. So for me, that was one of the moves that I made on my wild card was to go up from Andreas Pereira to, to Saka, which to me felt extremely safe. I felt like the ceiling on Saka, especially given the schedule going out, was higher. And I I look at it now and I'm like, well, of course, like it looks like a horrible move after Andreas Pereira has one of his best games of the season on a lot of people's benches, I should say, but still, like he had a great Brutal. had a great had a great game this week. And Saka gets you two shots. Uh they concede the goal, of course, and nobody but um Jaka and Ben White get you anything as a return. Like Jaka and Jesus were the only two Arsenal players to have a shot on target. So all of it was bad. It just feels like the. It just. It's to me. It just seems like ev- was like. It just seems like everyone was just a dud here, and I like. I can't imagine that home to Nottingham Forest is going to be another dud. So that was why I just. I look at it now and I'm like. I know. There's no way. But like, are you sick of Martinelli? Or are you like? Are you really? Are you serious that you would 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 you move him on if you did? He's close, Brian. So like, like I, I'm say, like you don't have Martinelli. Like, I feel say, like he's say, due. You have Martinelli. 
And Miguel Almiron's sitting there staring at you with 45 points in the last five game weeks. Are you are you making that move? So, yes. You are? Uh, I didn't. I actually literally 10 seconds ago just brought Almiron into my squad. <laughs> I, but I love the on-pod transfers. That, that's fact. <laughs> Every time. Uh, but I, I let go of McAllister. I, I had had McAllister on my squad. McAllister's 5'6". Almiron's like 5'4". That is a no... That that's is, a no-brainer. I was going to say, that might and, be the no-brainer of all no-brainers. Right. So, so like, and honestly, you could look at it and go, hey, Dumas. Uh, sure. Shouldn't you have made that a few weeks ago? Well... Yeah, maybe, and, and sometimes, sometimes you just make mistakes. I guarantee it'll be too late. Seriously, Almiron's last five weeks, 15, 7, 3, and then the last two weeks, 10 and 10. The kid is you just want just me on to... fire, and every time he does it, he looks at the camera and says, F you, Brian. I know, you just want, do you want me to do my Almiron apology now? Yeah, honestly, yes. This is a perfect time for the Almiron apology. In a segment we like to call, uh, I'm sorry for uh, for saying something horrible about somebody who's good. Uh, I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt. And my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. I can only say... <laughs> <laughs> I cannot be more. I cannot have been more wrong in the last few weeks, and I would have been about Miguel Almiron. I although have not brought Almiron into my team based on your recommendations, because you kept telling me the stats say don't do it. The Almiron, stats say don't do it. Almiron has been a league-wide joke for four years, so there's no reason why. After two games of good performances, there is no reason why I would have said, oh, yes, definitely go get him. I would have said the same thing every time after the second match, which is, ignore it. It's just Almiron. And here we are five weeks later, since game week nine, Miguel Almiron, 45 points, five goals, which is the most of any midfielder, Only second only to Mo Salah for shots in that amount of time. That guy's still shooting. But yet again, five goals from six shots on target. So great that he's getting the goals. Great that they're going in. But when you're shooting five of six in soccer, you are doing something that is unsustainable at least. He's in a great. He is in a great. It patch. seems like it. However, but what is I it going to take another ten for me to like just want to gouge my eye out? I'm like, why is that guy not my team? Last season, Miguel Almiron, one goal from seven shots on target. Two seasons ago, four total goals from fifteen total shots on target for an entire season. Three seasons ago, four goals from seventeen total shots on target. To say that all of a sudden now. A guy who has historically scored no more than four goals in a season should get five in five games from six shots on target. I wouldn't have bet. I wouldn't have bet. I would have bet almost my my children's lives that he wouldn't do that. Yet it's happened. And here we are. All right. With my apology. That all is, of that. All of that. Long to say, time listeners will will remember. It's been a while since we've had an apology. Had, we've had apologies before, yeah. and every time it is the look. I, I've, I'm happy. It's from I'm, the Simpsons. I'm happy to say, yeah, hat tip to Mo Sizlak. I cannot like I I I'm I'll own it. I mean, I, there's no way in the world I would have ever. I would have said it a thousand I mean, times. Look, don't get, don't buy the guy that's 
that's scoring at an 80% clip from outside the box. Like it just isn't, it just isn't sustainable. So he's got, he's got he's, a, a golden horseshoe. Absolutely. Right now. He is stuck in, in his rear end. And it's, and it's on a team that's in the ascendancy. Newcastle, one loss all season. Newcastle, you know, just keep winning and winning. And no, you know worse than drawing. And this is and also so that, without Isak. I was gonna say, and it's all, all everything they're doing. Like the, I, this, this is why the comparison to me in the midfield, especially there, there couldn't have been like between like how many times in this podcast have we advocated for one of the three of Saka, Martinelli, or Jaka? All they've all three been like promoted players on this t- on correct. this podcast, and not just because you're an Arsenal fan. And def- and it's despite Scott's protest against the uh, the fraud that is Arsenal, as far as he's concerned. Correct. So those guys have been performing. To me, like Sako is one of the form players. Uh, like, to, like there, there's no question about that. It just didn't happen this week, and I, I think that's the decision that, like, it's. I'm sure if if you've if if it's his price has already gone up. Almiron's price has already gone up this like this game week. So, I'm sure. So it's I'm not surprised at all if you if you had Martinelli and you've already gone to him. Saka right now, if you sort midfielders according to form, it goes Almiron, Foden, Saka. That that is your top three in midfielder form. So and Xhaka's in the top six. I would rather seven. own Saka at the moment. It's probably not a no brainer. Yeah. Than Martinelli. Is it worth a minus four for me this week? Now no. I mean I needed to I needed to look. I got a couple other guys. I'm ready to send in a new segment we like to call "Guys I'd Like to Send Up the River." Sure, and yeah. you can't do that. Poss- you can't possibly send people up the river, but that's what I'd like to do. Uh, Wilf Zaha, yeah, is just. I I mean he guy gave me a return last week against Wolves that came late, but going back to his last meaningful week, uh, other than that last minute or last 80th minute goal or whatever. Was week five against Brentford, against Newcastle, we match week six three. After that, then two, five, yeah. three. Like I'm just every week, and then he brings a one this week against Everton at Everton, and I'm like every week I'm expecting him and hoping that like Zaha's going to come up with a brace or goal, and I am so stinking over him. I I just don't know what to do. And, well, and, I, and he's not even in the top fifteen. I was like, going to say scoring and like I. Like Jaka is, and, and I, I just, I am so over that. And then, I, of course, I brought Foden in last week. Like a lot of people, I like to send uh, Phil no, Foden. Not like a room. lot, like everyone, um, everyone. And then Foden doesn't play, and then he comes and he subs in for twenty eight minutes, which he'll probably start this week, and it'll be good. It's just like I'm like Martinelli, Zaha, Foden, and I'm sure other people had those types of guys. Got me three points this past week. It was tell, ridiculous. Tell the me about it. Was brutal this past yeah, week. Yeah, my my midfield of Saka, Martinelli, Zaha, Salah, Foden combined for six points. That's like, unbelievable. That, that that's not you. And it's not like the matchups right. were ridiculously hard either. No, none of them were. And that's exactly why the thing that is really difficult to me about this is what we just said a little bit ago. Arsenal home to Nottingham Forest. I get it. It's a spirited, new, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, clean sheets every week from Nico Williams, Nottingham Forest. But 
you'd back Arsenal at home against Nottingham Forest a million times out of a million in the the form that both teams are have, even with, have been in, even with Forest form, even with Forest somehow getting a clean sheet against Liverpool this week. It's the same thing. I mean, this is why, like. You and everybody else right now. Zaha is the third most transferred out for midfielders. He's he's like a net minus sixty thousand right now. I am almost certain that between Zaha, Foden, uh, who knows, maybe even Mo Salah, that that a ton of those transfers out are a straight swap for Miguel Almiron, who's been transferred in almost five hundred thousand times this so far in the in the midweek. What, but, and what that tells me is there's so many people who kept thinking, you know, honestly, we're probably all late. I'm bringing him in. I'm probably late. Yeah. I missed the last uh, 20 points the, the last two weeks. To, to go back to the fixture bit of this, though, it's Newcastle home against Aston Villa and then at Southampton in the next two matches. I, we could talk about Unai Emery and what Unai Emery means for Aston Villa. But an Aston Villa that couldn't kick right, couldn't get any attacking things right, couldn't find a formula to do anything attacking-wise whatsoever, somehow comes out 4 nothing, 4 nil smashes... Uh, Brentford. Brentford, uh, who you think... And, and it's Brentford, you think but, could get something. But they're like, mid, they're like middle table. They're, what, are they in the top ten? Are they close? Like they're, they're, they're a, been a mid-table team. They've been somewhat formidable. Yeah, so... I. I don't know that you're saying, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that you're saying that Brentford's going to go, uh, or that, uh, sorry, that Aston Villa is going to go to Newcastle and get a similar result. I would highly doubt that. Um, uh, but I, but I just, yeah, I think it's, if it's new manager bump resurgent Aston Villa with a team of, you'd say overall quality players, no, are you tempering expectations for Miguel Almiron in a home match against now like a spirited Aston Villa? This is no longer lifeless corpse Aston Villa. That what I'm saying is your value, your valuation of Almiron is in it's it's against probably like just looking at the guys who are transferred out, like the top transfers out. Pascal Gross, a top transfer out, whatever. That, that's an, that's a uh, that's a no-brainer transfer. Like you said, Alexis McAllister, no-brainer transfer. Zaha though, Crystal Palace, home better at home all the time, home to Southampton. I don't know that I'm doing that. I, I, I like I, I like Zaha home to Southampton. I'm getting tired of liking Zaha against whoever. Palace's matchups have been good, and he's been. He he looks at me every week and gives me smiles with this huge gorgeous smile and gives me the two middle fingers. Wolf Zaha home to Aston Villa, two goals. Wolf Zaha home to Brentford, one goal. Wolf Zaha home to Leeds, got you an assist. Wolf Zaha home to Wolves, goal and a bonus point, eight points. If you want Wolf Zaha ever, it's Wolf Zaha at Selhurst Park. So. I'm not saying – like, to me, that's a decision. If you want the money or if you want to just try to catch the Almiron lightning in a bottle, I would, uh, you know, sure, go for it. Why not? But at this point now, like, I think I think what you're saying is fair. Like, it's what happened 
How many people went to Dominic Solanke based on his recent results? Well, they weren't early they on were, him like right. you were. No, they were not early on it. And early for early on Almiron was after Fulham going into the Brentford match in week 10. I know. So now you're going back-to-back 10s for Miguel Almiron. Well, right home. now hasn't cost me anything because I got rid of dead weight anyway. He's now up to 15.1% selected. Almiron. Almiron. Wow. All right. Here's so, the deal, though. I, I'm just saying, I to me, I think if you're swapping him out for somebody, if you're swapping him out for somebody that you already know is dead weight, absolutely. Dead. Okay, which I did. No, right. McAllister to Almiron, everyone in the world should do that. Right. Saka, Martinelli, or Zaha, You're saying Zaha Martinelli for Almiron, that to me is how lucky do you feel? Because if, if it was Arsenal at Chelsea this week and you're looking to try to like really hit the home run, yeah, absolutely. I'd be selling Martinelli. Right, because you I'd don't be selling Martinelli Arsenal to score more than a goal or two right. against Chelsea. And and I, that's why I'm saying I think like I think that the situation has shifted a bit. This isn't uh, this is Aston Villa who's now playing for a a known quantity new manager who has been appointed and somebody who's who is a winner a bit a bit more like more of a winner than Steven Gerrard was for sure. That's fact. No, no, it's undisputed from everyone that I've seen that like Villa's just massively upgraded. Yeah. Uh, the manager of Villarreal went to Villa. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I, what, I, like, I feel like this is a discussion worth having because, because you're talking about selling uh, up to this point one of the a top, like a, a top midfielder in Martinelli, who's just overall scoring is one of the top midfielders, correct. and somebody who's been one of the hottest commodities in the past, I don't know, five game weeks in Wilf Zaha, to go to somebody yeah, who is now just crushing. He just. Zaha, again, he's not in the top 15 scoring. He's in my team. I'm not going to move him at this point because he does have a good matchup and he is at home. Like, those are good points. But, like, like I just bought Almiron. I think, I mean, I'd be foolish to not start Almiron home to Aston Villa this week. But, like, I look at the rest of my lineup. I have ridiculous matchups. All the I should crush this. That's next why week. I, that's why I'm not making a move this week is because the matchups top are to bottom. Unbelievable. My bench matchups are great. I, I looked at it and thought to myself, should I bench? I'm almost on a bench boost. Go the opposite way of this. We just talked about Andreas Pereira last week. Andreas Pereira had one of the best games that he's had all season. Would you, if you have the money, if you can go up from Andreas Pereira to Almiron, are you doing that? Fulham, Fulham, and this is the reason. One of the reasons why I did this is a, a move I semi wow, is, semi regret. This is why you guys listen to this podcast right now. Fulham, that ask right there. So Fulham beats. Uh, who did they beat this week? Leeds. So Fulham, two. Fulham beats Leeds this week. Two assists from Pereira. I got an. I got a goal out of uh, Meatman. Uh, I on my wild card. Looking at the final four matches of the season. I sold Meatman to bring in Skamaka from West Ham. Looking okay. at looking at West Ham's last you four. You hate yourself at the moment. I do. I, of course, I hate myself for the moment. Fulham finished with never so, doubt the Meatman. So th- I didn't doubt the Meatman. Had nothing. I but you wanted. You wanted, I had no doubt about the Meatman. It had way more to do with West Ham. Who had, you wanted Scatman? 
instead of Meat Man. West Ham has been creating way more, taking way more chances, scoring way more goals in the past few weeks than they have been at the, fir- the first eight weeks of the season. Yeah, well, they didn't score at all. I know. So any goals is better than no goals. That's what I mean. But they've been, uh, they've been to the eye test and statistically better. I was looking at home to Bournemouth. Uh, as the first, like the first in a in a series of good matchups for West Ham to end the season. Either way, Fulham have Everton at home, and then they get Manchester City and Manchester United in the last two. So, th- so it's Everton, City, Manchester United. Are you backing Andreas Pereira over what we just said? Almiron's schedule is Newcastle's schedule with Aston Villa and Southampton in their next two, ending at home against Chelsea. Are you like what I'm saying is? Are you going up from no Andreas yeah. Pereira to Almiron? I'd rather have, have the money. I'd rather have Almiron. Okay, because I feel like that is a, that's the opposite sided decision where you have somebody who actually is he's getting points. He's capable. He's he's he we he's shown it. I don't like it. I still don't like it. But Almiron or Pereira, Almiron. Yes, I'd have to say. <laughs> It's point eight, so I'm saying it's not like it's not necessarily something that everyone can do. The meat man's got nine goals, Brian. I know he does nine I, goals. What was Minus Scott's bet for the meat man? It's double digits, but you're gonna win, <laughs> barring whatever, whatever massive injury. Yeah, barring a massive injury, he's got he's got that one. He's meat got man's that. gonna get a month off. Meat man's gonna meat, meat man should finish with at least twenty. <laughs> Which is massive for him. All right. We can get to who do I start. That might be a fun segment that no one will care about. We'll see well, if we get to that we, later. I just feel like I literally have so many good starts here. I'm going to be choosing between. And, and look, I feel like I have a lot of players that a lot of people have. A lot of people are going to be having this problem this week. Who do I start this week? Yeah. And so any any advice I think we give or at least some thoughts to, to you know prod some minds, I think it's going to be good. Let's go back to Manchester City. All right. So they smashed Brighton, but not in the way that they usually smash. It wasn't like a, a grog smash, but it was a it was a subtle smash. Uh, Brighton held City to ten shots in the match, which I thought was a little surprising. I don't. I feel like you expect City to kick at least around fifteen toward the opposition net. They made some just some. Bo- I mean, the, the the first goal to allow Holland in like that, like that was really just total boneheaded. Pep talked about that. I mean, they pulled the quote where that was a that was something that was that they strategic. Were, yeah. That well, they, it looked like it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but Brighton, the, the stat that was shared by several places that are out there, this is one of the, like one of the only times one of the, the Brighton's the only team that has outpossessed Manchester City, and I don't really forget if it's in the Pep era or whatever, but this is like the second time that it's happened That's pretty impressive. in years, and both times it's been Brighton. Brighton had 51% possession in the match. That's shocking. I, I didn't realize that. The best thing easily of the entire weekend is Phil Foden getting benched. That is, a, that is unquestionably the greatest single Pep roulette move that I may have ever encountered in my life. I cannot hardly think of anyone that is more that was more thoroughly it was like pundit unanimous that Foden is a better own than De Bruyne. Like you got to get Foden. 
And I think, what, was half a million? It, it had to be. It had it to was, be. It was ridiculous. It was Almiron-like in his, in his uh, in, yeah, it was 569,000. Guess who your top transfer in for the week so far is uh, after, uh, like, still in the top five? Almiron, De Bruyne, Trossard, Foden. It's not, still. It's not stopping anybody. And why would it? I, to, like to me, like he's a like that's like I guess eighty thousand transfers out. That's still that's sizable, but he played eighty one minutes today against uh, Dortmund. So don't love that. Pep wasn't exactly uh, complimentary of Foden's performance in post match. Really, but it was more critical about his performance based on fatigue. Like he talked, he talked almost across the board about the fatigue of players, how much the Brighton match took out of them. The big news. He didn't uh, take much out of Foden, because Foden only played Foden only twenty-eight played, I minutes. Know. Foden only played. Yeah, he played. Well, yeah, it's exactly. So, whatever it was, I mean, it was the like he 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 specifically talked about that. I don't know if maybe that's like a subtle, you know, just like a a, bar. a little a little motivator. Yeah. Did you see in the Daily Mail that Pep Pep's barbs he. Aguero showed up to a match one time and Pep last minute benched him because he said he, he was fat. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah. That's amazing. Aguero got benched because he turned up too heavy. Oh, that is that is a that sounds like that a That sounds like a Pep move. Uh the big news though, bigger than uh Bigger than Foden getting uh, 81 minutes versus Dortmund uh, was Holland, Erling Holland being subbed at halftime with what Pep described as a knock to his foot in the Champions League. In match. the Champions today. League match against Dortmund, that okay. was that is today, Tuesday, Tuesday, October 25th, as we sit here. You tell me what you do with this, okay? Pep said, the exact quote is, "Now we are going to play Sevilla." With fresh people. People who don't play regularly are going to play. Same with the Carabao Cup. And then and then we're going to focus in the Premier League on these three finals that we have. To me, I don't think it matters about anybody except the stars in the Premier League matches. It's what... From those words, that's what sure what it seems. So, so they've wrapped up Champions League qualifying. Yes, they are. They won their group. There is no question about where they're going. And as far as sounds the group like, is concerned. Pep's like we got enough to beat whoever we're playing in Carabao Cup, and/or we don't care about it. I think he's starting to get a little nervous that Arsenal keeps staying in front of him. They, I'm not saying he's nervous, but he likes to be ahead by Christmas. First of all, what injury to Holland's foot would it take for you to even? remotely consider selling him. It would have to be... Oh, I'm not... No. That's what I mean. You've made way... Everyone's made too much money. What I'm saying is you'd have to... It would have to be... Holland has a Lisfranc sprain a la uh, NFL professional football running backs or something. Right. Uh, He will be out for six weeks. Right. There is... And I would say, subbed at halftime... Reports talking about that he more or less looked normal walking around at post-match. He would have to be, like, not pictured in training on Friday, I think, for anyone to get nervous about this. His ownership's at 84%. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? So, 
what I'm saying is like that to me makes it seem like he like it, unless he's broken, you're not. He's right. he's playing right for sure. Even I, if he got injured, I wouldn't want to lose. It's Tuesday, and they play their their match is first thing Saturday morning, so they're getting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it's three full days. The rest is no factor in that, and then other matches are now no factor as he as Pep very clearly stated. That's what it seems like. Right. So so the like rest is not going to be a factor for them, especially because they're pushing for top of the table. He's calling them three finals. Do you want Pep talking about Premier League matches as finals? Everybody wants to hear that. Yeah, but it still doesn't mean Foden's going to start. I, You know what? I think he's fed up with Jack Grealish. I, guess. I think he's fed up with the Grish, and I, and I think finally like he's going to get some pine. Next question. Do you give any consideration for the last three matches of dumping Cancelo to have a KDB Foden Holland, like in, just to prioritize the attack? It's a question that is. It's you could ask that. We could. We, I'm sure we've. I've. I've just my Cancelo indifference. Uh, I, I've asked that before. I'm sure, but is that something? Especially now, Manchester City, top of every ticker. Leicester, Fulham, Brentford, and their last three. At Leicester, and then home to Fulham, home to Brentford in their in the three matches here, the three finals before the World Cup break. Would you skip the possibility of the Cancelo clean sheet to to make it to have De Bruyne, Holland, and and Foden, and just go all out? This is that's a great question, and I'm looking at it and I'll. I'm trying to figure out, number one, what would it take for me to get there? I don't have an easy guy. Foden is actually my highest midfielder. Oh, yeah, okay. Highest midfielder because I have Holland, Kane, and Oh, you Jay have Kane. Zeus. Yep, yep. So that would be difficult for me to get to. So in other words, points per pound, what's going to be more valuable over the next three match weeks? I think Cancelo probably will be. Only based on points per pound. Leicester's going to score a goal against them. Lester at King Lester King Power Lester. Look, I, I don't, against Manchester I, City. I am not. I'll Le- give Harvey Barnes a goal in that game. Lester's had a little bit of a resurgence here. Castagna, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. Lester, the last. You want to hear some crazy scores? Yeah. Crazy scores. This is Castagna's. Yeah. He's over up. the last five match weeks. Eight, seven, six, six. Well, hey, remember remember five weeks ago when we were talking about why everyone was bringing in Crystal Palace defenders? And my my question was, if you're thinking about Crystal Palace defenders, why aren't you thinking about Leicester defenders? I know. I, well, in my free hit squad, I had Castagna. He, but here's my thing. Those five match weeks, I mentioned the scores. Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth. Yeah, they were Palace, awesome. Crystal Palace. Leads Wolves. It was why everyone had. It was why everyone had James Madison. If you were smart enough to go back to James Madison for the Wolves match, you're a happy. Uh, you're a happy manager. And Madison. Madison out of all those. Eighteen one two zero eight. Right. Exactly. So me, it was the one two zero. The really. Castagna really is you. now the fifth overall scoring defender. So I guess could you go from Cancelo down to Castagna and say Jesus down to. I don't know, Edward, 
to someone in the fives, is that enough money? I, mean, I just don't. It's just not worth taking negative hits okay. though at this point, no, right? I, I mean, no, I, you're right. You I, said I, you have your schedule's great. You love your you love the players that you have now. I I understand that. What I'm saying is like, I just don't know if it's worth all that type of a risk. Yes, if there was an easy, clean, like if you if you had if you banked the transfer from last week and then you had you have Cancelo and you don't have De Bruyne, could you do a two for two? Because you had a bank transfer and bring him in. I, many people probably could do that. I just don't know if it's going to be worth it points I, per pound I, because Cancelo's points are going to go further because, number one... I know. he's There's there's no one like him. In, there, he's a he's a standalone defender. No, he and Trippier are he the and standalone defenders. He and Trippier are the right. two standalone defenders. No, I guess... I like, I like I am one of the uh, 32% of people who continue to have Mo Salah. Mo Salah came back into my team two weeks ago, and I did not. Then you should absolutely be under Brune. Right. So this do is. Do you have Foden? I do have Foden. You have Kinsella. I do have Kinsella. So this definitely speaks to you then. Yeah. So, so you could easily go Salah to De Bruyne. Right. I can, I, and Cancelo could can be anyone else at that point. Like Cancelo can. You could go to Shar. Shar's a four nine. I know. You even I, make more money. I like that. I would. I might go to Tim C. I might drop all the way down to Timmy. Timmy. Timmy Cast. Yeah. There, uh, there's what, nothing wrong with that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't do it this week. Right. But this is Castagna's not. The, I don't care what. What money would someone bet me? And or give odds that for Leicester against for City to not score against Leicester. City's going to score, I'd guess, at least three against Leicester. Right. So yeah. I guess that's what I guess that's the question. Like, who's getting that? There, I, there, I, there. No one is disagreeing at this point. You can look through the scores. You can see which matches very clearly. The matches where uh, Cancelo is uh, a driver of the offensive. Uh, output of what Manchester City is doing and where he is a mere passenger in the offensive output. You could go game by game and see exactly where what he is contributing on offense to know whether or not he's a focal point of their attack or whether he is somebody who's just simply another one of the back four Look. for Manchester City. It has been like that all season. The if like It's similar to you want... Uh, you want starting Ivan Perisic from from Tottenham. Yeah, you but want, you can't but, get that. Right, that's what I'm saying. You want starting uh, wing back for Chelsea. You want if you know who's playing because you know where they're going. Right. So if you can get if you knew that Ben Chilwell was the nailed starter for, for then you Chelsea, bring Chil- then you, you bring wouldn't Chilwell's even in. think about about so missing out on Chilwell. You're saying you could go Chilwell. Cancelo out, Chilwell in, De Bruyne in, Salah out. Right, I'm saying like right. this week, if you were going to take a chance on Chilwell, this would might be this is as good of a chance as you're going to have. I still don't think. I just don't the, like the, chances. I was going to say the, right? the Brighton. I mean the Brighton. The Brighton match for Chelsea's not an isn't an easy one. What I'm saying is for Cancelo, you can't look at that. You can't look at the matchups. They're like almost glowing green. Do you know what I mean? When you see Leicester, right, Fulham, right, right. Brentford, and then even right. after the break, like what's your who's not going to come back with multiple with at least two, probably three City players for Leeds and Everton, uh, coming back from Christmas. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you're, it's gonna be, you're gonna be three, three blue players are gonna be in your team uh, for the next five games. Hey, out of the twelve games that City's played this year, how many clean sheets have they had? A few. Five. Yeah, that's five that, out of out of the the twelve. Yeah, that's not great. That's under fifty percent. I'm shocked by that. That's what I mean. Yeah. So in the games where Cancelo has gotten a return, as usual, it's a, a return that's overall unlikely. Well, what's interesting is when he's gotten returns, he's also gotten clean sheets, and so in those match weeks. He has he, yeah, massive it's scores. Yeah, I know. It's right. So I, I want that to be known too, especially going into like the teams that they didn't get clean sheets on, Liverpool, Brighton. They didn't clean sheet uh, Palace. They didn't clean sheet Newcastle. The, pa- the Palace one is... A- they didn't clean sheet Villa, and that's one of the bigger surprises. They didn't clean yeah, sheet United. We- so uh, what I'm saying is against the lower teams, they've hammered. And they've clean and they they've clean sheeted them, and against the tougher competition, they have been leaking goals, which is what you've been saying. Right, and that's why I think Leicester. I don't I don't see Leicester as a pushover. I don't see them as a team that's like laying. You don't down. see them as 18th no, in the table. I do see them as 18th in the table, but I don't see them. I see, 17th. Forgive I, me. I see them as uh, as talented, and I see them as talented offensively, and a team that. Like regardless of the results, like they've been putting it together a little bit more here lately. Vout fast is <laughs> it has changed the com- the complexion of the of the Leicester of the Leicester team. Vout. Look, I, I'm what I'm saying is like I like I'm not oppo- right. I'm not opposed to it. I don't think it's crazy at all. You want a piece of the goals, and who's going to get you the goals? It's De Bruyne. It's Holland. What's well, Holland first? I'm not. It's I'm not three. Putting, it's not a priority order. I'm saying well, it's Holland, and then it's De Bruyne. Pep said it's three cup finals, right? Which to me is like, you know, who might be the, you know, who is a probably not an insane option in there either. Gundogan, Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva has been awesome this year. Again, yet again, the Swiss Army knife of the is, of, of Manchester city, city, the city Swiss Army knife. He can get the attacking returns, and he can play whatever position he's asked to play in defense. I know anyone who's all anyone who's Liverpool people it's, are, it, are all they're all they're seeing right now is him grappling with Mo Salah. But in uh, in I'm the big overall, games, over, overall it, this season, he's in the big games. Bernardo Silva yeah. has always played for Pep, and if you're playing three cup finals, it makes it seems like he would be playing in those games. All right, moving off of City, Brian. Where are we going next? I just want to say, like, since we talked a lot about Ben Chilwell, let's do this as a stream of consciousness based on one player. And I'll say for Chelsea, uh, I don't think you can trust one Chelsea player. Is there one? Keppa. Uh, yes. Okay, yes. Of course, Keppa. So I've moved to Keppa. Yeah, me too. I did, a, did that a few weeks ago. You started probably, him this I, week? Yeah. I'm disappointed with Man, that. Man, I'll yeah. bet. Did you see the? You love that, especially because. And then he's he, on for he's on for bonus points. Yep. And then he goes from he basically went from ten to two. That's exact three or three, three or whatever. Yeah, he got three. Yeah, I was pretty bummed about that. Freaking Casemiro coming in with a late goal. 
So yeah, that that fantasy wise, that stunk. I mean, for Arsenal, that's a great result that United and Chelsea only get a point. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, but for fantasy, I was pretty bummed, about, especially in a week where points seem to be really hard to come by. Yeah, and like I'm thinking, I can I can get you know Kepa's ownership is at three point five percent. So like that is absolute differential. It seems like a no brainer. Yeah. And it just didn't it didn't work out. And for he's me this still three point five. Yeah, I think the fixtures are they are off putting. I I understand, but for me it was more about money. Like getting him was more about money, and then secure and also security of starts. Their next three matches are not easy. Right, at That's Brighton, I mean. home Arsenal, at Newcastle. Yeah, so I'm, I'm counting on zero clean sheets there. I'm I'm hoping that Brighton shell them. I think he might get one. Well, the reason why I'm th- I'm hoping that minimum. I'm hoping that you get another, like, I'm hoping you get, like, a 10 to 15 shot performance from Brighton and Kepa playing some more hero ball like he has been lately. That's fair. Because I want some saves. I, he I just, I'm he just, could play some Dino ball. I'm just not, I'm just not convinced that it's going to happen. And I, I think Brighton's playing. I think Brighton is, I wanted to talk about them a little bit more, but I don't, it's not really worth it. I just... They have as long as Leandro Trossard is there, I think you're going to be nervous. So I, I to me that like just, it, like if you're the other team, yes, okay. Like I was trying to figure out who you were talking about. If you're the other team, you might be nervous if Trossard's in that starting line. Yeah, I, I just he's going to keep you honest. He's going to keep a lot of defensive honest. Deserby's already said if he's not if he's not afraid of going after Manchester City with attack, then. What's what is Chelsea gonna do? What is a what is a retooling uh, Chelsea trying to find their footing uh, defense? What are they gonna do to Brighton? I guess well, that's what don't I'm you saying. think Brighton want to come out and show Graham Potter who's who carries the big stick? Uh, wouldn't you? You think? W- wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. There, so, there. This is at this is at Brighton. This I is know. Chelsea at Brighton, which is exactly why I'm saying I'm not counting. At all on a cup on a cup of clean, clean sheet. sheet. Touche. Well, I mean, look. So okay. So we ironically, this- ironically, I own Sanchez, who has a better shot this week, Robert Sanchez or Kepa Athabalaga. Can I give you some Chelsea stats? Go on, give me some Chelsea stats. This season, Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club have created 196 chances from open play. Okay. So in, what are we in, week 13? 12-ish, 13-ish, yes. They are 10th for chances created. Just, is, just chances created. Chances created. In they the are way. 10th. Okay. Wolves are only two behind them. Oh, wow. Okay. Chelsea have created 16 total chances from dead ball situations. So free kicks, corners, anything that where there's a dead ball, 16 chances, they are sixth worst in the Premier League. They're, they've scored on an oddly high number of like the possibility, like their high probability goal chances, but they're creating almost nothing. So they're Almironing. <laughs> kind is, of. Is Chelsea Almironing? Al- Almiron might be more prolific than this <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> offense yeah, yeah, all right. right now. So they don't what they one of the other weird stats about them is that they have hardly any like successful dribbles. 
So almost no, like they have like seven successful dribbles, like seven times someone has taken on another player to create that's created something. It's it's such a small number. It's like it's weird with you think like, well, they have they have Pulisic, they have Raheem Sterling, they have guys who are like that are the take on guys. Connor Gallagher, you feel like can do that kind of thing. And yet for the entire season, they're just not. They they weren't playing that way before Graham Potter, and they're barely doing that since he's taken over. It hasn't really changed a whole lot. And they're getting results. Like they're still they're, that's the thing. They're doing okay. So like it's just like adjusting to Graham Potter, but it's not and, and then you see like, you know, Ben Dinnery called him Pep Potter this week, just because he changed practically the whole team coming in. That's why I'm saying, other than so you know Kappa's gonna be in. I think Chalaba's probably safe if you wanted to go to Chalaba. Stinking Chalaba. Brian, how many seasons have I been like, I've wanted to bring him in and or I brought him in, but he never gets a yeah, proper run of games. Yeah, because when he's played, he's always looked good. And it's just been so frustrating. And Chelsea always seems to clean sheet when Chalaba's playing. And I think, like I said, Chilwell didn't play uh, at all. He wasn't, even a, he wasn't even a substitute against Salzburg today for Chelsea. I think Chilwell almost certainly plays, starts and plays against, plays the majority of the match against Brighton this week. But I just. Since Chalaba's come in. I don't know that it's good. I just think that Brighton is, I think Brighton is a strong, is really, is strong right now. I just don't see this as like a, this is not like a huge plus matchup for Chelsea. Chalaba and his, he's played four matches, started four matches. He's gotten three clean sheets and then that last. Casemiro goal kept him away from a fourth clean sheet in four matches. Heck, he might have been. Who knows what bonus he would have been on if he he might have been a bonus guy for all we know. Absolutely. So what I'm saying is, like bringing in maybe not this week just because of how quirky it is because they're because Potter is bringing his Chelsea team to Brighton. What kind of a reception is he going to get? Do the players feel undone by him? Like, what kind of emotions are going to be in this match? I just, I just wonder. Like, you know, it. You're right. You're probably right. Brighton is going to come out, especially feeling a little undone by City because they did, they did stand toe to toe with City last week. And I think seeing this Chelsea team come in, and you never know what you're going to get with this Chelsea team. And you're right. They haven't been creating a lot of chances. You never know who's starting in the front lines for them. I don't know what to think other than the fact that maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe. Maybe Brighton should be favored at home against Chelsea this weekend. I would probably pick it that way. So you would feel better if you have Sanchez and Kepa Astrolaga. If you have both of those guys, I think I take the home. I think you I would take the, the home I goalie. I take the home, home goalkeeper. <laughs> okay. And right. just and just hope that Chelsea's uh, offensive ineptitude continues and they fold. Uh, they fold in the. In they the, definitely in seem the to be Graham, offensive in the Graham, Graham Potter pressure. Unless Mason Mount gets a hold of a free kick or something. But yeah. that could happen. What about Tottenham? Do you care about anyone but Harry Kane when it comes to Tottenham? You could just let's just go to Newcastle and, and Spurs uh, and just recognize that Newcastle is your new like as uh, men and blazers say, like they uh, uh, make it so that maybe we should be talking about a top seven. They are, are they're fourth, aren't they? I think they moved up to fourth after they uh, after they beat Spurs. They are fourth. Yeah, they are fourth in goal differential over Chelsea. 
So interesting about Newcastle. I'm not ready to put him in a top six yet, but you need to do it, or in the top seven, you need to do it for a little bit longer. At the moment in this season, yeah, I think they got some good talent. I think they have a good manager. They definitely have the backing, the financial backing, to go get players if they need to. I like what I see with Bruno G. Trippier's amazing. Isak, especially when he comes back, is going to be fantastic. Now, this was a Spurs segment. What do I think about Spurs? Well, I own two Spurs. I own Harry Kane, who has is pointed in almost every single match this mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. And then I own Eric Dyer. Now, Dyer, for the most part, uh, well, number one, I think he's the... Dyer is, he's gotten, he's tied with Ben White now on points. Mm-hmm. Three behind, uh, four points behind Castagna for the fifth total midfielder scoring. He's going to start climbing back up, though. One thing I noticed about Spurs is their last three matches that they've played against a tougher competition, Newcastle United and Arsenal, they gave up goals. But they yeah. when, when they were playing Leicester, well, Dyer, that's not true because they gave up some goals against Leicester, but Dyer also uh, had a goal in that match. But then Brighton, Everton, Forest, Wolves, they've gotten some clean sheets. Tottenham has as many clean sheets as, as they've had – you would think in the past, especially with Conte at the helm there. I don't yeah, love... It's his, it's his big criticism. He said it He said it again after they... Like, just just talking about their mentality and the way that they play big games. That they just are not... They've, they've just not... Like, he's... I think that's the biggest disappointment for him is their just failure in... In, in, big, in, in bigger big games, games. Which, is, yeah. which is interesting. Which, thankfully, they only have one of the next three that are big games and it's a huge one i in the champions league it's it's weird they have you could argue they played bigger games and 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 done fine I mean, what was it about four years ago they were in a champions league final so like the, i don't know completely about all that maybe all those guys weren't in that final but yes it does seem like especially this year under his tutelage they do seem to shrink up a little bit in those bigger games so anyways you asked me a question Spurs do I own? I own Kane and Dyer. I'm not looking to sell Dyer, especially for the next two or three weeks. Now, will he still be in my team after? We'll see. We'll see how it goes with England. We'll see if he's healthy coming back in. But next two or three weeks, Dyer is going to stay in my team along with Kane. I I just don't know, Brian, if there's anyone else in the team that's real. I mean, Perisic, you'd love to have. But, like, is he going to play? Is he going to start? I don't know. Same thing with Sessegnon, Emerson Royale. Like are those guys? I, I think now start? that Emerson's back, I think you can recount on Emerson. As weird as it is, I don't. I mean, I don't. I would. I, I think everybody's. I, I feel like everyone says the same thing about Emerson every time. It's just kind of like, what's the, what's the big deal with this guy? And yet, whenever he's out there, he does something. I guess like he got a yellow card against uh, Newcastle. You love that, but I just think I'm saying like as far as like security of starts. He seems to be the secure guy on the right side. Doherty can't beat him for the job. And until we see a Jed Spence sighting, it's Emerson's job to lose. So Yeah, but again, he's a guy, I mean, now that he's back, I mean, two of the next three, yeah, you like him, you like you like Spurs, or you think you should like Spurs at Bournemouth, a, a probably Solanke-less Bournemouth, uh, who, who are playing... Same, same thing. Uh, spirited football, Bournemouth, um, and then they're home to Liverpool and home to Leeds. It's not all that bad. Not this Liverpool. 
and not now like sinking ship leads. So uh, they get both. If those two are away, you might think about them differently, but they're not. They're both back at uh, Hotspur Stadium. So I, I wouldn't. I don't think it's that crazy. Yeah. I just unless it's dire. Even this week, this this last week, all of a sudden Romero's not in the lineup, and now it's like that's weird, like man. it's just I, I the only guy I trust in the entire defense is Dyer, and he's not expensive. I I, I would love to trust the South Korean, Mister Hyunming Sun, one of my favorite players. Yet he just for whatever reason hasn't been performing this year. Harris Kane, Eric Dyer for me, and that's it from Spurs. I'm dead serious. I don't. I mean, I feel like I'll say this forever until there's any reason to think that Perisic is going to just start in the league. I have no idea why in the world. I'd like I. I. What what is, what's the enticement, to him? I really I. Well, I, I, I think at this I, point I, it's I, just a differential and a home run shot. Right. I get that he. I get what he can do. I just think. There's almost nobody that's like, do you really want to risk a one from him every every week? Like, I get, he's had he's had opportunities. There are times where he subbed in. He did it early in the year where he subbed in, and he got something off the bench. Seven out of the 12 games. Sorry, I should say he did that once where he subbed in and got you something off the bench in that bizarro Chelsea game at this, in week two. Since then, he's either gotten you one or he's like or Spurs have sucked. Just the Everton game was a Parasic match where you saw this is what he's capable of. A clean sheet and two bonus points. That's happened one time this year. Like I to me he's I He's gotten a score of one in seven out of twelve matches. I, I just don't I I genuinely don't understand. He to me seems like somebody who should be owned like three point nine percent, not twenty three point nine percent. Wow. Wow. Anyway, Kane still, uh, he's just uh, just reliable uh, like almost no one else. No doubt, no doubt. Brian, what have we missed? We're right at the hour mark. What have we missed? There's got to be something we've missed. Um, other, than, other than like Liverpool, it's not even worth discussing, in my opinion. Honestly, anyone at the team at, at this point. Yeah, I was going to say Liverpool sucks. If you want to go with someone, you want to take a flyer, take a flyer on Darwin. Jumpers. Darwin. Darwin in training. Who? <laughs> What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Score? I, I don't know. What What's he going to do? Play? I don't know. What's he going to do? Get do. hurt or get a red card? I and said that I, guy, I, that I, guy's gotten more hype for more performances. And like I sent it to you and League Billy, I, there is nothing that was more hilarious to me than the guy who put together, who just said it was the the audio of a bunch of cartoon uh, sound effects, and just said that he couldn't, he can't explain it, but this is this is what it, it sounds like when Darwin Nunez plays football. <laughs> it's one of the most hilarious single things I have ever heard in my life, and and all I could think is it's so true. You have I have no idea what he's going to do when he comes out and plays. He has looked so dangerous whenever he's actually been out there, and I just wonder what the Nottingham Forest match looks like if he plays in that game. The interesting stats for me from that game is that they dominated Nottingham Forest in possession. It was 75-25. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous. But they only outshot Nottingham Forest 15-10 to 10 in the match. So that's... That's no big difference. 
And a lot of those shots, yeah, should Virgil have scored on a header? If it's oh, not a Dean? Twice. Right. Virgil, Virgil twice. had great chances. But, like, so credit to Dean Henderson, who also got to, I think, was flipping off the away fans uh, as he was walking off the Probably. Uh, end of the game, which is uh, always, you always love that kind of stuff from... Uh, it's what makes it. What, it's what makes the Premier League great, I think. <laughs> ben Dinnery, uh, he shared. Uh, it was a, a tweet he shared from a, an outlet called Analyze Sport. Okay. They uh, they did a deeper dive a little bit into Liverpool's defensive problems. The way they the way they said it, word for word. I'm not. This is not like this is. And these are Liverpool people. Uh, said that they had to compare Liverpool's defensive problems. Against recently relegated teams, that is the level of performance oh to this gosh. point in the season that they were they were looking at it to say it's not that far off of what like Swansea did four or five years ago, oh the last time gosh. they were up, or Cardiff did whenever they were up. They're conceding already. They're conceding over a goal per game. That's all, that you'd think like this Liverpool team conceding. Averaging like 1.13 goals conceded per game. That's their average. Their XG allowed, ex- expected goals allowed. I know like this is Scott's segment, though he's not here. It's almost one and a half that they're allowed. And then the huge, the, like probably the worst stat for them, they're allowing 2.82 big chances per game. So how many goals should West Ham have scored against them? At least one, like if they get, they are bailed out in that game by a saved penalty. Like Bowen's off penalties, by the way. That's something we could talk and, about. Yeah, well, moment. who? Jared Bowen, another guy that people want to sell, send up the river. I'm sure non, they do for non-performances. Liverpool's allowing f- almost three big chances per game this season. It's not gotten better. They are not turning a corner. They're not flipping a switch. Right. So. They got, I mean, this is like, I think it feels like uh, they're beyond this is a real problem here. It's it's injuries compounded with horrible performances. Yeah, the injuries are not, they, they are ravaged with injuries. And yet, who sits there in my midfield? I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like, you, yeah. it feels like... It's gonna the, the bubble's gonna burst and all of a sudden Salah's gonna rain in the there, hat trick. Is there, it's not happening. Is there a Stockholm syndrome pun for Mo Salah? I feel yeah. like they're it, I, listen, I, I was there, Brian. I <laughs> yeah, had to I, let it go. I had him gone. He was gone. I and took somehow him out. he got back I took in him your out team. weeks ago. It was it was the allure of Nottingham Forest in the blank week for Manchester City. Is though that's the whole reason why he came back in. And then also talking myself into they get Leeds at home and Southampton at home in two of the three before the World Cup break. So, and I'm looking at it, even overall, as down as Mo Salah has been all season, you look across the board, for, like, I'm looking at the the ICT index. Oh, right yes. In the player card for Mo Influence, Salah. Influence, creativity, and... I would have guessed it would be... He's sixth in creativity right. for midfielders. I would have expected him to be number one in creativity the way he's been the way he's been almost assisting people. Where is he? He's sixth. That's what I'm saying. He's sixth in creativity. Okay. He's number one overall in threat. So he's like as far as like threatening scoring positions for midfielders this season, he's still number one, which I just think like not to 
channel again Scott, but I'm like, your stat is bogus. <laughs> when? When was he number one in threat? Right. He's had moments. Like he's had some. Right. He's had some some okay moments. This game, I guess he was okay. He had four shots. Carvalho had four shots in this game. I, I think if Darwin was there, I mean that probably adds a, adds at least a danger element. But I just feel like every time it's like, you know, also in fairness, they're missing a ton of dudes and you look at it still and you're like, oh, it's Nottingham Forest. Oh, look out. Like it's angry. Liverpool, Salah's going to feast on these. And and he does nothing. I'm getting – you know what I'm over this year? It's excuses for Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. every It's never the fact that they're just effing up. It's just there's always some excuse. And and look, Darwin is this and that. He in the Fulham match, they draw it, but everyone sings his praises because he came in and played 39 minutes and scored a goal and had an assist and helped save Liverpool's match. I mean, what did it take for Liverpool to come back in that match match one of the season at Fulham, right? And you think it's going to get better now? Then they 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 draw Palace, and you can start going down through the list. Uh, of things that they did. I mean, yes, the 9-0 win against Bournemouth. Yeah, it's their, the it's their one, one enigma. Yeah, it's their, of, one, it's their one good thing they did this season. Everything else is just like, you know, Darwin has this hodgepodge of appearances and minutes. I want nothing to at do least with that this guy. time. At least this time you can blame a, a muscle injury and them having to be cautious because they have so many other injured players. At least you can point to that with Darwin. And he was today. I mean, he was pictured back in training today. So at the very least, at least you have that to go on. I know that was something like I had talked to, you know, League Drew and I were both, uh, Mini League Drew and I were both on a wild card this week. There were a handful of other people who did. His wild card ended up going great. Because he started Darwin, who got a zero, and Andreas Pereira was his first bench. So he got to, you know, he inherited the Pereira points because Darwin was gone. I would have loved to have had that mistake uh, in my favor this time. But either way, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I just can't. I, I, I'm at the same spot again. I can't do it. They're home to Leeds, and Leeds is just stinking right now. I, like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna ride it out. I may, I, I, I think the, at least I think, regardless of what he does against Leeds, I'm pretty sure he's going out for De Bruyne for the last two weeks of the of the season. So you're off Liverpool. Absolutely. I will be still you, on. You are gonna tip toe Salah's line. I will which be I get a, it, but I will be on. Really. I will be on Mo, Mo Salah Liverpool for at least for for one more week. What and that, that will probably be it for me. Um, the last things I want to talk about: Everton played Crystal Palace, and just like everyone expected, Everton smashed the crap. What out the of them. crap? What another weird, stupid result. So there aren't many teams that have the final three matchups that. Crystal Palace and Everton still are excellent going out. Palace plays Southampton, we said, Southampton at home, West Ham away, Nottingham Forest away. So if you're going to go on the home away splits here for Mo, or for um, Wolf Zaha, you like him this week against Southampton, and then you 
uh, then there are away to Hammers and away to Nottingham Forest, and he's going to get you probably uh, one in both of those. When I need he to gets, sell him after when he gets match. angry and gets yellow carded in both of those uh, last two matches. All right. Um, are you buying Everton in any way whatsoever? I know we talked about Alex Awobi a couple weeks ago. Uh, Anthony Gordon scores one of the goals against Crystal Palace, which was a complete, like, that was a Guaida botched handling and an Anthony Gordon tap-in. That's why he scored the goal against uh, against Palace, which was ridiculous. Uh, Iwobi continues to be very useful. Are you even remotely considering any of them, including the defenders who I will say again, I don't know why people are buying uh, Connor Cody and not James Tarkowski, but whatever, people are doing that? Yeah, I'm not ready to make a move yet. But, I mean, if you look at their last results, results from the teams that they've been playing it, it's you know, four games back it's united then it's spurs it's newcastle then palace like that's a string of matches that are are, are pretty tough yeah and they haven't been bad have they gotten great results in all those matches no but they haven't been horrible and so i they continue to surprise me fantasy wise i'm not going to any of them yet but it won't surprise me if this, if they have a few players after the World Cup that like, or when I'm making my lineups for after the World Cup, it it won't surprise me if I have to consider one or two of their players. Uh, I'm really happy to see uh, just for one split second to go back to uh, to go back to Crystal Palace. I am thrilled to see that uh, there is not one Crystal Palace defender in the top thirty defender transfers in as we sit here right now. So. Good job, everybody, not going to any of those players now. Wow, crazy. And that includes Gahey, who I think is still 4.3, which is great. Uh, star of the week this week was definitely Mikolenko. Uh, got one of the assists uh, in the match. Uh, two bonus points. Comes away with an 11 in the game. Uh, he's 4-5. I would go to Mikolenko for these last three matches uh, before I would go to Connor Cody. That's a that is a a hundred percent certainty for me in the way I would play the game. Okay. Um, another guy that is that may be back before the end of this break is something worth monitoring is Nathan Patterson. There was some optimism that he uh, would be back in training. Uh, I He's think the four zero dart. Yeah, he was the four. And he, I think he went up to four one. I'm pretty sure he hadn't. Uh, he's back to down to four zero. So that's somebody that if you found out that Patterson was uh, was fit again, coming uh, that, out of the wild Seamus is Seamus is a placeholder until Patterson's match fit. Okay, but that's a that's another guy. Like I don't hate any of those guys as choices. Not doing it now, but I'll consider that possibly on a wild card. Yeah, just for Patterson. Although I do want five reliable players, but as we've talked about before, Everton's defense has been getting yeah better. Fulham, home Leicester. At Fulham, home Leicester, at Bournemouth. You get three matchups, I'd say, that are... Uh, definitely, Fulham is less good, but if tight Everton defense shows up... With the meat man is in attendance? Yeah, you're nervous. You're nervous. Home to Leicester, I don't necessarily love that. I'm just saying I think Leicester attack is the one thing that's good about them. Although defensively, who knows? You might end up with a nil-nil in that one, and then you really like them, I think, uh, in the last. In a Solanke in, in, less, in, yeah, in a in a, a way to Bournemouth. All right, enough Everton. We we've given them enough run, and probably too much. Manchester United. Does anything entice you whatsoever about Manchester United? Not yet. 
Okay, so man, you think, mean, you think there's something I'm going to bring to the table here? I'm I'm concerned. I don't know. I I I just West Ham up to this point, I just don't see anything from United that like from any players that I want to risk I, going to. Do you not blame the tightness of the game, a 1-1, like them having to come back at the last second? I feel like the fact that they did come back and draw Chelsea in the last second, uh, I feel like that is. I feel like that speaks to improving character is what I'm saying. Chelsea had the game, I don't know. The second mo- Ronaldo walked off the pitch. Mostly wrapped up. Their character got better. Yeah, of course. I'm saying Manchester United, uh, home to West Ham at Aston Villa home, or uh, at Fulham in their last three. Again, three matchups that are for a team that is uh, quality. Manchester United is, a, a, I think, they've improved their they quality for win sure. Those. They should be able to win those matches. Right. Those are three it's definitely winnable matches I would matches like it better if they had two, two matches at Old Trafford. For whatever reason, United has been lights out at Trafford. Over their path, for really, really for most of the year, so I, I they only have one of those three. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Diogo Dallo is uh, one of my wild card choices. I'm. Uh, I I, think, I I don't I am okay with that. I I think Luke Shaw might have been a should have been a stronger consideration. I didn't realize how back Luke Shaw is. Oh, he's back. Uh, yes, he is. Since his run of starts in game week ten, he's scored twenty points. He's the fifth highest scoring defender. Uh, since he's gotten back into the starting lineup, he's he's creating some chances. He's not creating a ton. He got an assist here on the Casemiro goal, so he's he's one of the only guys who gets you some points. Would you rather have Dyer and or I mean I'm sorry. Would you rather have Luke Shaw and or Dallow or Eric Dyer? I'd rather have Dyer. Just okay. because just because I I think I think I think Bournemouth uh, and Leeds. Those two should be. I think sheets. they're probably better. And Dyer can't. I mean, Dyer's not. I mean, you're not counting on it from any defender ever. I don't. Don't. I don't believe that anyone is ever counting on their defender to get them anything attacking wise. If you get that, it is such gravy. I cannot believe that anyone would say they're counting on defender attacking returns, <laughs> unless it's unless it's peak. Reese James and Trent Alexander Arnold. That is it. Um, no, I just think, I, like, I'm not like I just I don't think Manchester United has gotten to the place where you're like, oh yeah, clean sheets for sure. They're, no, I, they're, I, there's I'm nothing. With you. Of, there's nothing about I, them. They are tighter. I like them they're at better. Home. I yeah. like them at home. But yes, I'm with you. All right, but Did, that's it. You not you're not Rashford. You're not. not yet. You're not no. thinking about going back no, to Rashford. I'm, I'm off the Rashford train. I think he was really unlucky here. He's unlucky, but his last six match weeks, one, two, one, three, three. I know. Like, I'm just saying he's... I, he might be unlucky, but right now, points are points, and he's not producing them. I just want to say it. just feel, feel like it's our due, due diligence. I like Marcus as a, Rashford. I'll I know, take Marcus I Rashford summer transfer to Arsenal in a heartbeat. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is back on uh, some people's radars again for some reason. Um, I just It's worth pointing out. In the last five game weeks, among midfielders, he uh, he's taken twelve shots, which is okay. I mean, that's not that's a fine amount. Uh, only two of the twelve are in the box. That's very Bruno Fernandez of him to do it that way. But he's created the most chances of any 
midfielder in the last five weeks. He's back to being like prolifically creative Bruno Fernandez uh, in a team that is on the upswing. And I think that might be the reason why he's 9.8. I can't imagine going to him. That is such a differential. Like maybe if you wanted to go away from De Bruyne and go off of Salah and you wanted to choose somebody that's insane, you could go to Bruno. <laughs> Uh, plus, as long as Mar- Anthony Martial is out, and as assuming Ronaldo is not going to be on the pitch very often, if at all, uh, in these last three matches, assume that Bruno's probably back on penalties again. So that is something that could work. If they, if they can draw working. Right, yeah, that's enough, can enough for Manchester United. That leaves us... Unless you want to talk about uh, Diego Costa or Danny Welbeck. That is, that is the end of this show. No. Okay. Are you buying Danny? I, you're buying Danny Ings. You buying the Danny Ings resurgence? Oh no! That's got. Is that eye worth eye? keeping an eye on? Yes, I think that is worth keeping an eye on. I'm not saying he's going to come out and give you a brace every week, but the fact that a new manager came in, although now we have a new new manager, so I don't know what what Unai is going to do. But Ings gets a, all of a sudden gets some gets some PT of relevance and and uh, and he drops a twelve. Now the week before he had sixty eight minutes week. Against Chelsea, he had ninety, so he had been getting some. But if Villa, uh, if, dude, the 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 Villa Brentford match, just like the fact that Gerard walks out the door and they drop four goals, on yeah, Brentford. Uh, troll troll Leon Bailey back again. Oh my gosh, uh, I just don't that like I I would like to think I like consistency, and there's nothing in Villa and or Ings or Welbeck or Costa or whoever else is there. Like I've got some great Danny Welbeck stats, but I'll save it for some other time. Has I, he done it anything with it no, yet? I know it's 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 even more. It's if Rashford's unlucky, then there's a higher whatever the whatever the platonic ideal of unlucky. Is, that's what Danny Welbeck is. Uh, he's the he's the uh, uh, I he's the the quintessential unlucky this season. Um, no, I think that's it. I just I I. If they ever, if a team ever needed a new manager bounce, it's Aston Villa as they go into Newcastle, Manchester United, and Brighton in the three matches before wow. before the end of the. Wow. Because otherwise, you'd put the I'd put I, if it was Steven Gerrard, Aston Villa, I would have put them in the relegation zone before uh, going into the World but Cup. But now right? it's Unai, and now it's Unai, and I now I'm now you got to say it's probably not going to be like that. That's what I'm saying. I think that a a Brentford thrashing. If they had squeaked out a win, you'd say, okay, well, that's, I mean, good for them. They figured a little bit out. They came out, like, all their offense, like, just completely unloaded on Brentford. It's just a crazy result, and I just, I feel like it, 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 to me, says more about Aston Villa as a matchup for Newcastle, Manchester United, and Brighton than it does necessarily about, like, Villa, you know, continuing to crash and burn, because I just don't think they will in those three matches now. Anyway, that's it. Is there any other guy you, or is there anyone you're sick of? Is there anybody else you feel like is, it's necessary to talk about? Are you buying Trossard? I own Trossard. Are you, did you play him against Manchester City? No, I benched him. <laughs> okay. Like most normal people should have. All right, but you still have him. Trossard was in my first bench spot. Nico Williams buried on my bench with the six because of course Forrest. Clean sheeted 
Oh, freaking Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, do you care that Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored a goal for Everton? Uh, it's interesting. I, I don't care about it a whole lot yet, but, like, we'll see. I mean, it's worth, again, I think it's worth considering if he's still healthy and playing coming out of the World Cup. Not that he's playing for England, but I'm just saying when you're building your, your pretty much new team coming out of the World Cup, it's worth considering. Okay. So, but until then, no, like, like that's, that's it. Look, Brian, as we're uh, finishing up the pod here, the FPL America Podcast League this week, high score, unless I missed it, and I easily could have done it, but uh, Dan United, Daniel, scored a 71. That's a, that's a really good score. You're going to love this. He had, he had Ward in goal. Yep. He had Mikalenko. A good choice. I know that you would love that. He also, unfortunately, wah, 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 started Perisic. Uh, Onana in midfield to interesting, but also had De Bruyne. And, of course, Captain Holland and had the meat man in Jesus. So, like, hey, that 71 in that match week was excellent. Now, he did take a minus eight. Uh, I didn't see that until now as I'm looking at that page. But he made three transfers and and uh, took a hit. But still, not a horrible Horrible week, but 71, pretty solid. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have Scott back. We, logistics we will have lined up. Brian, this weekend, hopefully I'll make it back. I'm going to go coast of North Carolina Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, do some fishing and golfing. Hopefully I'll make it back from that. That and, sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. And hopefully, you, uh, hopefully I'll make it back from that. Scott will make it back across town and then next week we can have a full pod are you are you captaining anyone other than holland this week no if holland's playing even if he's not playing him at this point let's say we're gonna do like all the dead teams and still captain. worst case if he's captain what if he's out somehow or you find out that he may be uh maybe limited or whatever you changing you changing it who are you changing to if i had to okay this is an interesting interesting point if i had to change with these matchups, uh, Kane at Bournemouth just seems like... Okay. Yeah, I, that's an easy... I hate an away captain. One. I don't feel great about Arsenal home to uh, to Forest. I feel great about them winning. Do I feel great about captaining any of them? No. Um, you know, I, I have a starting problem. I, I, lo- I want to start Trossard. I want to start Almiron. Right now, they're on my bench. Yeah. So, I have, I have issues. Yeah. I have issues. I understand. Good that. issues. Good issues. Good matchups. Good luck to everyone this week for the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.